Welcome back to Brand Story Inc. I'm John Tolley, the host of today's edition, dedicated to content innovation. We're recording on November 10th, 2021. Jay Sharman, our regular host, is bumped over into the co-host seat. And today, as we head into the time of year when Best of 2021 recap content emerges with a flourish, we thought it made sense to kick off an upcoming series of podcasts on content innovation with our own stage setter of source. Let's get right into it. All right, Jay, welcome back to the other side of the mic. Welcome back to Brand Story Inc. as a guest. Thanks, John. It's fun to do this again, man. Before mm-hmm. we uh, before we jump in, though, I, I know we're excited to talk about content innovation, but I did get some really good feedback from the last time we did this on our October of 2021 recap of the Content Marketing World episode. But our listeners wanted to get to know you a bit more, so I want to put you on the spot okay. a little bit here and would love for you to share <clears throat> how you man down Teamworks Media's Michigan office and maybe a bit about what you do. And of course, uh, you know, I'm going to make you fess up on some of the fun things about Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, I, I, I won't go on too long cause uh, I could, uh, I could, uh, start babbling here about my uh, early life and formative years, but, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it to the more pertinent stuff. So yeah, as you said, I am actually based in, uh, in uh, Western Michigan, um, and I have lived over here since uh, actually before the pandemic. So I was actually I had a year and a half of pre-pandemic training on the work from home front. Look at you, Mr. Uh, Early Adopter, getting out. That's, from... re- that's right. It was pre before any of us really uh, diving in on Zoom and Google Meet and WebEx. Uh, so we were still talking on phones, but uh, but I did have that bit of training, learning how to work out of my uh, sweatpants and in my living room and whatnot. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I've been working for Teamworks now for, oh, gosh, uh, six years, five years, six years now um, in in various different roles, always in content creation. You know, uh, you know, as as well as I do, that I started working on our uh, Big Ten Network Live Big Client, um, telling those stories uh, more on the written side and took over the editorial there and um, then transitioned as we started doing more content marketing for different partners. Uh, more of a, uh, a broader content marketing role, working on uh, some of our newer clients and um, kind of helping you uh, and our, our, our partner, Lily, our colleague, Lily, build out uh, some of the uh, content marketing offerings we have. Yep. Um, so that's that's uh, pretty much it. You know, I would like to say that there's a lot to manning down this office, but it's a lot of, you know, vacuuming and uh, cooking for my wife and uh and daughter and whatnot. It's a lot of uh, domesticity here in the West Michigan office. I mean, you're a Tennessean. Um, Is there any uh, any Jack Daniels in that in that equation? You, you, well, there's Jack Daniels in the house. I, I try to keep it out of the daily equation, you know, <laughs> only for only for entertainment. But yeah, I, I'm from Tennessee. I'm from Middle Tennessee. My family is the Jack Daniels family, or or a branch of it, a cadet branch of the uh, Jack Daniel family. Um, so that's uh, you know, it's an, always an interesting. Uh, a wrinkle, uh, an interesting uh, anecdote to pull out at uh, at parties and whatnot, that he was my great-great-granduncle. My uh, grandfather's grandmother's brother was Jasper Newton Daniel. Jasper. And in fact, he is buried in the Lynchburg Town Cemetery, and right next to him is my grandfather. So if you ever go to my grandfather's grave, right next is a very ornate grave of Jack uh, Jasper Newton Daniel. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, went to college in Chicago, moved up, you know, wanted to get out of the South and experience a, a big city, loved Chicago, but, uh, family brought us here to West Michigan and, and, uh, we haven't looked back since. Although I of course, uh, love to make it back into Chicago to visit Teamworks headquarters over there on, uh, yep. 
beautiful whacker and look out over the river. It's nice to have uh, a foot in both worlds, I suppose. So, nice, nice. Well, I mean, I think, just... I think, John, you know, like uh, conversation perhaps better over some poor drowned liquor, right? But no, I, sure. I, I think it's, um, <laughs> I think it is important though for folks listening though. I mean, you're a very modest guy and uh, that comes across. It's like, you know, for those listening out there, as, as we talk about innovation and we talk about kinds, it's important to know like the chops of the folks that, that are on here. And, and Absolutely. John, John, um, the scale and scope of what you did on, you know, created a brand, helped create a brand called live big an inspiration brand for the big 10 network, which had daily, you know, it was like about 250 blog posts on BTN.com. Yeah. It had, uh, our video team did about 50 original <laughs> one minute features that ran. And, uh, if you've seen any live sporting event, like this, you know, stories of student faculty mm-hmm. and alumni, you did man, Full eight, social media. four different social media channels. But, and then the reason that's really, I think helpful for what we talk about today and other stuff is just like, the nuances of navigating 14 different universities, how to find stories, how to source, oh, yeah. how to get people on the horn, right? That those, those nuances are seldom talked about, but really part of the secret sauce. Uh, maybe not so much from an innovation, more from a brass tax, but definitely for our listeners that are, um, have kind of come to us to expect, you know, innovation around content. There, there's some of those elements will be threaded throughout everything we talk about. Absolutely. You know, it, it was very apparent uh, working on Live Big. You know, it was a, it was a fast and, and steep learning curve, but one I think everybody in the office, you know, who worked on the Live Big projects are mounted. And there's been a lot of learns for everybody in the office about especially working with a client as manifold as the Big Ten Network and then it's 14 universities underneath. And, and then you add in, you know, also the conference, which a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, is a different entity from the network itself. Yeah. So you've got, you know, 16 clients at the very base level right yeah. there who all have a say. And, and, you know, as you would expect, they have different personalities and different uh, ways of responding, different needs, different um you know, desires on how their stories get told and, and, and what their, their overarching story is. And then, you know, you get different media relations folks and media directors who have different, uh, you know, personal areas of expertise and, and, and whatnot. It, uh, it became a, uh, a crash course, a master course, if you will, in um, relationship management, mm-hmm. um, understanding relationships, understanding that how you need to, um, redirect how you talk depending on uh, on who you talk to I, I think um you know when i started working with our first editor on that uh brian summerfield and and, and then with our uh senior producer and now vp of operations lauren salatero they were they were quite adept at helping navigate those worlds yeah. and, and and kind of uh, um, initiating me into like you know the stories nebraska once told are, are this this and this and uh you know then you go over to rutgers and it's um a different slate of stories depending on what their priorities are. So I think it was uh, it was definitely a, a, a master class, as I said, in, in that relationship management. So, um, it, you know, I look back fondly on our time working on that client and all the just incredible learns we had there, you know, company-wide, I believe. Um, yeah. We grew so much with that client. But that's enough about me. That's enough about, uh, about Live Big for right now. People can go back and check that out. It's still live on, uh, on the BTN site. But uh, I think what people are, are most interested in is, is kind of finding out a little bit more about 2021. And, uh, you know, um, you know what, what are your notes for 2021? What's on Slate? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as the, as the subject matter of hopefully this episode 
connotes, right? We're kind of getting into that year end time where best ofs are, are you know, mm-hmm. littering the, uh, the, <laughs> the internet. And, you know, for us, we thought, um, really, you know, in the wake of Facebook and their transition to meta and all the different things going on and kind of, you know, content consumption that we had such good feedback on kind of doing a thematic series, right, for Hispanic Heritage Month that it made sense for us to kind of say, what else could we do in innovation? Content innovation seemed to be a natural series. And so pretty exciting slate coming up that covers all aspects of the brand content marketing from super high tech to game changing things and the content user experience. I mean, I know I'm pretty fired up and I, I think you are. Um, and, and honestly, really, the spark came from listening to recent guest and our friend Joe Polizzi mm-hmm. his podcast last week. Um, yeah. My last week being, uh, this is early November 2021, This Old Marketing with Robert Rose. Uh, and they yeah, talk, they great talk show. About, yeah, it's a great show. They talked about the Facebook transition to meta and what the metaverse means and the content <clears> game <throat> for brands. And it's such a big topic. And, and we get, regardless of whether you think Facebook is the evil empire or a necessary lead <laughs> in the yeah. brand marketing game, it's impossible to not pay attention to a company of, of that size and what they're doing to try to change the game and think, you know, how do we fit in on that? Or more aptly, how should we be thinking about this? And so from that perspective, Facebook's transformation, um, it, with that, it's, it's kind of impossible to not pay attention. And, you know, their involvement to Meta is no doubt going to be one of, I think, the stories of the year. And with so much course, innovation yeah. going on from the 800-pound gorilla, I said, okay, what if we went there on innovation? What's our take on it? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that was one of the things. And so a uh, couple things about the slate that we're working on. Um, you know, we're, in a, we're at a point where we're almost at episode 100 for Brand Story, Inc. Mm-hmm. Yep. to you. Um, getting the there, getting there. <laughs> and I think we got so who, enough, we got enough street cred that we're landing some of the very best in all categories. So sure, you want to go one. into yeah, yeah. Who, 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 who do we have up for uh, the end of twenty twenty one and, and, and early twenty twenty two? If you got yeah, that, so some of these are confirmed, and then some of these were confirmed and are kind of like we're still working on. But so Kristen Heitman, who is the chief mm-hmm. revenue officer of Wall Street Journal, she's going to join us to share a recent report that uh, Wall Street Journal commissioned on. The B2B buying experience and emotional engagement's powerful effect on the buying journey. Some okay. really neat um, data that I think applies to anyone that's in the B2B space around mm-hmm. kind of like that, the psychological components of what pulls people through and some innovation there. Um, we're getting close on uh, Kevin Lopes, friend of mine from ESPN. He's the VP of Strategy okay. and Innovation. Mm-hmm. They, they recently launched the Edge Innovation Lab, uh, and we're going to dig in with how his yeah. team is taking us in kind of the DeLorean of, of sports content consumption. Some, mm-hmm. some, you know, partnerships with like Microsoft and, and Verizon and some, you know, some real big heavy hitters of, around that. Uh, Jay, you're, uh, you're, you're really showing your, uh, you're, you're really dating yourself with the DeLorean reference there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, isn't it like old enough that it's cool because it come, comes oh. back around or how does that work? It's it's very cool, and you know everyone has now forgotten about how John DeLorean ended up. So it's it's perfectly fine. It's completely sanitized by the uh, sands of time now. Yeah, I'm 48, proud of it. <laughs> so you know, sweet spot for me, 1985 pop culture. So uh, so. Oh, I mean, it's it's a it's a sweet car. You know, it's never gonna it's never gonna go away. And 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 hey. You know that speaks to you know. I guess what our what our clients want to hear. You know, that's a that's someone who took a swing. You know, that's someone who went out there and took a swing. 
was it a, you know, a successful? No, not necessarily, but it's a swing that they took, and that's what's important. You know, John DeLorean tried it. Uh, exactly. Yeah, you know, and he, he wore his passion for the company on the sleeve uh, for, for good and for ill. Yeah, I, I um, exactly. <laughs> to that end, we've got, you know, speaking of like time machine, I had a recent conversation with uh, the head of sports for Amazon Web Services, Julie Souza. Oh, okay. They're doing some game-changing things on kind of if you, the future of your home viewing sports experience. Um, mm-hmm. Working on, uh, she definitely wants to come on. She's, you know, we're we're working through the the official permissions on that, but you know, I, I'm hoping to get her on here soon. Sure. Um, and then there's a book, uh, an author. Uh, I'm actually from content marketing world. Um, a gent by the name of Randy Frisch. Mm-hmm. Um, that's F R I S C H. He wrote uh, F blank C K content marketing. It's a uh, focus on content experience, <laughs> demand, revenue, and relationships. And mm-hmm. it's funny because, you know, the title's a little clickbaity because, you sure. know, one of the first things he'll talk about is he loves content marketing. But it, it's kind of like if your view of content marketing is X, then you're kind of missing it. It really goes into what I think is probably if we had to have an overarching theme of all of these that strings them together is personalization and customization. Whether that's technology, whether that's psychology, whether that's, you know, how we should all be thinking about our content hubs and engaging people, Um, you know, this concept of scaling um, audiences, building audiences and engaging them, you know, it's not a monolith. It's it's a and how do you do that? Right. And I think that's kind of the throughput on on all of these things. And, John, I mean, I, I, you know, shameless plug here. It's like um, I do think. Oh, there's some other folks like Dapper Labs we're talking to to come on, uh, but mm-hmm. a preeminent NFT company. But if you're listening and you're saying, "Well, Jay, John, what about blah?" Right? Well, help us. Oh, help please, us. yeah. Email us. You know, jump in us. the comments. You know, we've we've got exactly. that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Look, look us up on LinkedIn. Send us a, a message. We are there. We are open. We are uh, hungry to know what you'd like us to talk about. So, uh, so please do. No, don't show no restraint in that department. You know, we didn't prepare for this job, but I'm curious, like, of either some of the things I talked about or in general, like, where's your head at? What are you most interested in hearing about these days as it relates to innovation around content? We've, uh, you know, we've touched on a little bit and, and, and you and Joe went into it, but it really is the, you know, the rewards and loyalty and how these things are, are, are changing, you know, um, and, and, and how uh, even individual content creators are getting people, you know, as, as so many journalists have gone over to, uh, to uh, Substack, uh, you know, how they are rewarding and building those communities they have over there and, and, and what they're creating. So I think that's a, a huge emerging space. And, and like you said, with having <clears throat> Dapper Labs come on and talk about um, uh, NFTs in the content space, mm-hmm. I think is going to be um, a very interesting um, area to watch and content marketing and you know how how people are are enticed and rewarded for being part of a community and and uh, how they're being rewarded for activity within that community because you know it's one thing to just be a uh, sort of a static consumer of content and, and but you know uh, everyone wants to see a, a higher level of engagement so you know how that is uh developed and, and cultivated by content creators and content marketers out there, I think is going to be a, uh, a very fascinating uh, area of the field to watch. So, Are you a gamer um, by any chance? 
I'm not. I'm not. I tried when I was a teenager, and you know what? I don't have the hand-eye coordination. So I, I, you know this about me. I'm not a sports person. Um, You kept, when I first got hired, trying to talk to me about University of Tennessee Falls football, and I didn't have the heart to tell you that I (laughs) I had no football allegiance whatsoever. Uh, I didn't know that was Um, legal in Tennessee. That's why. Like, in fairness to me, I I didn't know that you can't actually claim that state without – being a football fan so you know i, I think the problem it. was my, my brother was a ut fan my dad's a vandy man i had a grandfather who was a uh who who bled crimson um as we all do but he his was more from a university of alabama <laughs> fan but so you know maybe it was just too disparate in my family for me to uh to find a way but okay. yes I, I, I never was a gamer because it just i never could make it click uh I would just watch TV because I didn't have to interact at all. You know, it's <laughs> as not... I just got done talking about interactivity and engagement, I did the most passive thing you could, which is just sit in front of a TV. You know, it's it's interesting. It was like someone once told me, if you ever wanna, if you ever wanna really track innovation, there's three categories, only two of which we can talk about here on this podcast. Like it's like mm-hmm. sports, gaming, and pornography tend to be at the, <laughs> at the forefront of like technological innovation as it relates to content. But oh, yeah. one of the things that was really interesting on this old marketing that Joe and Robert were talking about was, uh, you know, the gaming, right? And this whole notion of NFTs, like uh, Nike made big news last week because they went and trademarked like seven or 10 different, you know, versions of their shoes and the swoosh and brand Jordan so that, you know, NFT, like non-fungible tokens is just a really clumsy word. Really, it's yeah. like a token, right? So the concept of like in Fortnite and you know Minecraft and War World, and I'm not a gamer, so I, I'm missing all the cool ones. Um, they already had these ecosystems where you can like buy and trade different things, but now those sure. things have real monetary value. And what I thought was interesting, like right now, it's kind of like if you're in Fortnite or or any of these games, it stays within like if you want to buy nike shoes you can actually buy nike shoes right um and you what's trans transitioning was before it was just kind of almost like fake economy currency mm-hmm. it's now turning into real economy like you actually are paying for it and you are getting a token and they said one of the game changing things that's going to happen here is that imagine now that these economies are able to talk to one another so if you buy nike shoes in a video game that you can then transport that or sell them in any, you know, in Facebook's metaverse, right? Or in these other places. And they said, well, you know, that's the thing where it's kind of like the Holy Grail. It's kind of like you've got, uh, imagine being in the United States and you've got 200 different currencies and all of a sudden it's like, oh, we all agree. You can get this thing called the dollar, right? And the dollar works in any state. And and that that seems to be kind of where they think it's going. And I was just fascinated by that because it's, I mean, you hear, you hear, tech talk nft social tokens and if you're not in it and dealing with i'm i'm not i'm just i'm learning it academically but i got to get my hands mm-hmm. and actually do it and like you and i should do that and create some like you know brand story inc token or something but like that is fascinating that these economies of things that are digital that are transpiring and it is such a huge opportunity for brands right um way beyond this notion of just Hey, how about you go in and put advertising within the game environment? Like now you're creating like real tangible e-commerce. It's a whole new revenue stream. And so I don't pretend to be an expert on it, but I highly recommend listening to uh, 
the Facebook for episode of this old marketing because I'm listening mm-hmm. to like it, and it's it's kind of real mind blowing stuff. I don't know if you find that as fascinating as I do, but it's it's kind of crazy town out there. Oh, I do. I mean, and 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 it's a it's a it's an intersection of uh, so many different things. You know, the technology, like you're saying, and and that can be a barrier of entry to some people. Um, you know, all that tech talk, but there's uh, so much more. You know, uh, including philosophy and and wrapping your mind around these intangible concepts that that are becoming somewhat more tangible the ethics behind all of this and how that's going to be sorted out and 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 certainly the regulations so it's it's you know it's always interesting to watch something new like this emerge and i think it's it's the next level of uh you know those those of us who were around in the uh you know in the in the 90s and and watching the internet uh, emerge and into the early 2000s and and how that wild west became what it is um i think this is just as just as intriguing yeah um so that that's that's definitely an area that i mean i think you share that uh, that excitement clearly um and i i don't doubt that there will be more guests talking and speaking about the various facets and aspects of of, uh, of uh, that area of uh, the world and the content marketing world but um i wanted to get into a different area of of innovation and that's a little in-house innovation um so uh, we've been talking about our our, what we've been doing, our relationship content marketing, and, and, you know, we've been working in our content lab, as we, as we like to call it, to uh, kind of uh, work on a, a new type of content marketing that we're bringing to market, market that we're calling relationship content marketing. And I, I know you've got some presentations coming up uh, to Vistage Groups, which uh, is an international group of, uh, of CEOs. So can you kind of walk us through, I guess not your entire presentation, that'd be a little while, yeah. but, uh, you know, first of all, what is relationship content marketing? Yeah, I mean, you and I are still trying the name on for size, and, you know, yeah. we're, we're going to go with it until somebody comes up with a better one. But, I, I mean, I think, you know, the the bolded word in that three-word phrase of relationship content marketing is relationship. And... I think most people are familiar that are listening to this are familiar with the concept of content marketing. You're creating content that is valuable to your target audience, right? To endear yourself to them, build trust, and ultimately pull them through a sales funnel, right? You create awareness. They start to get to know your brand. Eventually, you can convert them into a client through a series of different, you know, whether it's call to actions over a period of time, you develop a relationship, like which is kind of digital. Relationship content marketing is what some people call flip the funnel, right? So mm-hmm. instead of uh, instead of writing something, putting it out there, and relying on your SEO to kind of have the masses of people consume that awesome blog content or video or a sure. podcast the net the net if you will it's a little bit more as andy crestadina right said the the, the spear it's mm-hmm. super targeted and so um you actually are developing a relationship with a long-term either business prospect or strategic partner by using the content creation process um as a starting point for to develop and build a relationship so for example on, on brand story inc Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the reasons we started it. Most of the people, uh, the more, the majority of the people that have been guests on this podcast have not been people that I knew, but they're people that I wanted to know and thought, huh, either 
they might be a client one day of ours or be somebody who I'd like to know because they could introduce us to people who could be clients. And I think they're people that we could help as well, right? And so I think, you know, in the general concept here, John, is I don't know about you, but I get, I'm guessing 30 to 30 to 40 emails a day, which are clearly, um, they pretend to be customized to me. They're coming through LinkedIn. You can tell by kind of like the, the, uh, the actual way that the email URL is on the two. And, and it's kind of like, Hey, let me tell you about uh, some, some witty opening line to try to then get you to be like, can I get you on the phone to tell you why your company needs to have our product or service? Right. Uh, what relationship content marketing is, is, Hey, Jay Sharman, you seem to be a pretty sharp guy. I know a lot about content and branded content and branded content marketing. Uh, would you come on our podcast and talk about that? And we have a couple thousand listeners that I think are like the types of people that would want to hear from you and it'd give you some exposure and here's what we'd want to talk about. Well, now you have my attention, right? Absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. You want me to talk to you about to an audience and get me brand exposure? Like, and you're credible and, oh, look, look at all the different people that have been on your podcast. Yeah, this seems really good. I'm in, right? And it's a 30-minute call or whatever. And so – and that begins the relationship. And and you and I have been doing this now for a year and a half and we're tracking every new business lead. And it's, here's the thing. It's super, super important. And I need to like pause, slow down. This is not manipulation. This has no. to be authentic. This can't be absolutely. Like, this isn't like, hey, let's get that guy on the phone. And then tomorrow it's like, hey, for 1995, you can buy this package. No, 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 no. This is a authentic, hey, um, you know, executive at company X, I really want, I really do admire you. And I really do believe our audience will value, um, hearing, get value out of what you say. So it's, there's a huge ampersand, right? right. It's a, yes, I want to build a relationship with this person and create, and we're going to do it through creating content. And our audience is going to find value of this. And it has to be that way. If there's any, you know, there's no shortcuts. It's not like this is kind of a bait and switch. And I don't want people to feel like this is untoward or anything like that. It's not. It's just a proven process. And it that's why it's not quick, right? It takes, it's no different. It's just a way to kind of, some people go golfing. Some people take people out to dinner. and But even that has a hint of like, I don't know. There's like an undertone of bribery if I'm bringing you out for to a Cubs game, right. right? Like this, I believe, is even more authentic and less guard up there's no expectation right the only expectation is that you come to the table and share your knowledge and right you know i mean you're the person who after we actually create the content is responsible for you know amplifying it connecting it to our audiences and, and things like that but i mean in, right. in a nutshell that's kind of the that's kind of the gist of this and and instead of you know, measurement, you know, it all comes down to what's your KPI and measurement. The way we do this with our clients and, and starting with ourselves is like, okay, how many of those hundred relationships that we've had on the podcast, what have they led to? What kind of business, you know, have they led to proposals? How much, what's the pipeline? How many have we converted right over? And as I often tell people, John, and you've been on these calls, right? It's like, look, if you're not willing to spend, um, 
at least a quarter of a million dollars on an annualized basis and wait 12 to 18 months to assess the ROI on relationship content marketing, you're probably wasting your time. This is not right. Event, right. Like it, it's as much a mindset and, 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 you know, we're, as you know, we're doing this for, you know, like Scott Mayer's company right now, right? We're doing, uh, we built out, you built out the scope, which is, um, you know, a content hub that's mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, in the healthcare space that's bringing together people from all over the world who care about values-based care around the subject of, um, you know, office-based surgeries so that you don't have to go to a hospital to do a surgery for routine surgery, that you could do it at your doctor's office and this whole ecosystem yeah. around it. And the thing that you and I love about this, it's like, we believe, I think, every company out there has the potential to be our own media company and build their own media property. And so Scott's building relationships and, and his team are building relationships with your help on, you know, throughout the country with best in class people who care about that topic and care about like decreasing costs, best best outcomes for patients. And mm-hmm. you know, by building podcasts and video platforms and, you know, blogs and things like that under this umbrella brand, it, it just makes it that much easier to connect and network with people. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I talk about it. I'm curious to get your sense. Um, <laughs> I'm out there talking about it. You're, you're doing the work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we get, we get great responses, uh, uh, you know, both for, for ourselves here at, uh, you know, Brainstory Inc. and Teamworks and, and across, uh, you know, uh, our clients we're doing this for, uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, there's uh, Scott Mayer and his company, Mobile Anesthesiologist, that we built the scope for. And, and it's really exciting to see that because it's, it's just a brand new, only a couple months old content community. Yep. It's already starting to, you know, you can, you can see its tendrils uh, reaching out there into the healthcare ecosystem. So it, it's, it's been a lot of a lot of fun and very rewarding to watch that grow and take off. And we're still watching it take off even more. We're just barely off the runway with that now. So there's still a lot of, uh, a lot of sky to, uh, to, uh, head into, um, with that one over there. But you know, it is, it's definitely something that, um, as you said, you know, it can't be inauthentic. It can't be cheap and, and, and fluffy and only about talking to the person, um, you know, it, it definitely has to have that value. And, uh, and as we put our, uh, content out there, brand store Inc being, um, the flagship of all of our teamwork content, you know, you see how that value is created. You see it shared across LinkedIn and, uh, and you see it, uh, uh, you know, comments pouring in about people saying, Oh man, I loved this. This is great. This is right on the money. Um, and there's that ancillary benefit. You know, we've been, uh, Bouncing around the idea of uh, of uh, calling the the core model of relationship content marketing Target Plus, and I won't mm-hmm. bore people by going into the full acronym, but the plus is that you know there are ancillary benefits at the end, things that you know you've not only just made this relationship connection with the one person, uh, or maybe it's two people or three or whatever you're you're, you're you're who are the subject of your piece of content, but you know there is the um, uh, the the benefit that radiates out from there and uh, and uh, I just saw it today I was looking through our LinkedIn account and, and uh, we had uh, shared a, a, a little snippet of last week's podcast with uh, Michael Roca from PhD Media mm-hmm. and uh, I, I mean a, a a large swath of his uh, his colleagues over there and, and some other people had uh, had engaged with that piece of content now uh, it's gotten views out of the wazoo and and then 
people that he's um, connected to are not at PhD Media, you know, right. and and you see from there, and, and not to sound predatory or anything, right. but you know, these are people that we might want to talk to, and not to sell them business necessarily, not to to say, hey, we're Teamworks Media, and we think we'd be good for you, but. Right. We just like to find out more about you. What do you do? Um, you know, we, we clearly have a connection to each other. You liked our piece of content. We have a, a shared, uh, you know, friend out there in the content marketing world ecosystem. Let's, let's talk. Let's have a yep. no stakes, fun conversation mm-hmm. where I find out more about you. You find out more. And if, if down the line that breeds, you know, some business, well, you know, the, all the better. Um, but it's certainly not the initial thrust it's not the the fuel uh, to the relationship at first so i mean there's a there's a great example right there that just popped up yeah, this I, morning I gotta, um you know I, I think to your point on the target plus the plus is is super cool right and i yeah sometimes i think you know i think one of the things that's different is that we actually contract with folks the kpi for what we do i have come to find that as much as we really love and think we're great at building the content which i think we are CEOs, C- CFOs, they care about quantifiable results. And our results, which which has been kind of a game changer for us, has been um, qualified leads, qualified prospect, getting to people like, you know, it's not about close, the, we, it's lead the horse to water, right? There are people in the ecosystem that you know that you would benefit from long-term, from them knowing you and you knowing them, right? And that's, mm-hmm. and that's that. And I think a, a couple examples on the plus, it's like you mentioned the scope and, and, Scott Mayer and his team, and you know other companies. This would have been the deliverable. And this sells. This sounds like I'm trying to be salesy, and I don't mean it to be that way. But it's like, you know, they had one of the preeminent uh, organization, national governing bodies of you know of of in their industry, reach out to them and say, "Hey, we love your content. Can we put it on our monthly or weekly email?" Right? It's like, oh my mm-hmm. god, they would have had to pay a fortune if they'd gone to them and said, you know, "Hey, we want to be in your. Can we do a a sponsored deal like they're getting those types of things and then you know john like here's where like this morning i just had coffee with uh one of our past guests um jc brandis mm-hmm. who is at penske media and um you know she she's like by the way i listened to your podcast last week with adam carl from reddit and we're having coffee this week you know it's like that it was like oh my gosh like our guests are connecting with one another on their own. And, you know, uh, I got a call from one Kevin Jones, who's the, the CEO of the high flying sports podcast company, blue wire, which right. Just made yeah. a lot of news. They, they just opened up a content studio in Vegas and a partnership with a major casino company. And he called me like, I don't know, three months after the, we did the podcast and he's like, or he emailed me. He's like, Sharman, you're not going to believe it. I, I, I just closed like a $5 million deal. And the guy said, like, listening to the podcast is what put him over the edge to being like, let's do the deal. And I was like, man, I'm a terrible negotiator. I need to get points on any deals yeah. from people that come up. But no, seriously, I mean, it's like, that's the plus, right? Yeah. Like that connective sphere, network, ecosystem, while you're creating really good content. Um, and and I, I also think like, it's kind of the big buzzword is in business these days is TAM, T-A-M, which is total addressable market, right? Mm-hmm. And so like if you take somebody like Scott Mayer and his company, I don't know what the – I think the number would be 10,000. Like there's probably – the total market of potential clients for him in the world is probably 10,000, which goes to the point of like – and that would be if he had 100% global market share, which is unrealistic. 
which goes to the point of like how vanity metrics are just bullshit now, right? Like, yeah, because absolutely. by nature, if you have a hundred thousand Twitter followers, like, why would your goal be a hundred thousand Twitter followers unless it's right? Like, you have ten thousand potential buyers. Like, in an ideal, most efficient world, you have ten thousand followers, and they are the one decision maker, right? Or maybe it's a hundred thousand because you have. Um, the influencers around those people, but it's like the quality of your audience is so much greater than or equal to the size of audience. And I feel like it's taken a while for the market. It's still not there, but like those are things, John, I think you and I are constantly talking to clients about like 500 followers is not a bad thing if they're the right 500, right? Stop worrying about the optics of the size of the audience. But anyway, I'm kind of, jumping all over the place um, <laughs> well it's exciting it's exciting and there's a lot to you know there's a lot to uh to uh, dissect there um and and we are you know we're constantly doing it for our clients so it's, it's understandable that you go into uh well, into look, uh the, the, the details of it well i mean look and, and here's the thing right we just talked about us doing it i want to be clear like relationship content marketing is putting a lasso about around things that I think have been disparately done out there. There are people doing this. So for example, like ABM Autodesk, right? They built out mm-hmm. um, an awesome content platform, which is, it's a little wonky in terms of, because it, it's not wonky, it's very well done, but it, the, the audience is wonky. It's like, you know, animation designers, construction industry, like the industries you couldn't pick more disparate industries. Right. And, and but yet they've created these, um, media publishing entities that service those folks. And when I, when you talk to Stephanie Losey, who, who runs it, who's been a guest, she's like, yeah, we absolutely are doing it as a way to create relationships. Right. So they're doing it. Like, she's like, to get to the C-suite at IBM, there's no way they'd take a meeting with us, but they have enough of a following of the right following and, and credibility built that like they're able to get top level guests on who have a mutual benefit, right? And I think that's right. kind of the key. Um, there are definitely people, Tasty Trade, right? Which is sold for billion mm-hmm. dollars. They did that with their like CNBC-like programming. They'd have guests on all the time and they'd use it as kind of starting points. And so, you know, this concept has been out there for decades. It's just how we're honing in on it to be super... Uh, spear-like as opposed to net-like, as you said. So I, I think that's yeah. important to say that this is not some like crazy new thing that no one's ever thought of before. People have just been right. doing it. We're now kind of packaging it as a way for service for other companies to kind of do it, and we know how to repeat that. So Yeah, absolutely. But I'm psyched about it. Yeah, Obviously. I mean, me too. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think we're we're kind of running up on our time here. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't want people to uh, to disengage with us to use the the word we've been using uh, because we're rambling yeah. on too long. So I guess we'll wrap things up. And, and I know uh, uh, people are excited to get to listen to the uh, some of the guests you uh, you mentioned earlier in the podcast uh, on upcoming episodes. So I just say you know watch our our feeds. We'll be uh, uh, launching those uh, throughout. The rest of November, early December, and then we've got some uh, some excellent guests. We're not going to name right now, slated for um, early 2022 in January, yep. and uh, you'll just have to keep watching our social media. So. 
Jay, thanks for hopping on the other side of the uh, of the table, as it were, the, the virtual table. Thanks, John. If anyone is still listening at this point, thank <laughs> you very much. And uh, we really want to hear from you. Help. This is Absolutely. about you, not about us. So ping us. Give us your guests if you want to be a guest, uh, if you know folks or topics that you want covered. John and I are very willing and wanting to hear from you. So thanks for your listenership. It means the world to us. Thanks for listening to Brand Story, Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn.